Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets get beaten so bad by the Sacramento Kings, we figured why not commiserate on their misery a little bit ahead of schedule. We break down the bad game, the upsetting performance, and I asked Doug a bit of a philosophical question, all coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, friends. It is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day, free on all those great platforms. And Doug... I got to tell you, stumbling over my words at the top, kind of forgetting that we were welcoming in the entire live audience over on YouTube, but that's going to be okay because it lines up perfectly with what we saw from Brooklyn on the court tonight. Oh, we're watching this game in the fourth. It's 129.90 right now. If you need any update on where this is going, Adam and I were quickly searching what the most amount of points uh, a team has put up in regulation because it feels like the Kings are probably butting up against it right here. Total disaster. F minus. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're going to find, excuse me, I have lots to say. Um, but in terms of like high level analysis, like what can you do? They're down 39 points. There's eight minutes left in the game. They're getting completely killed. Um, it was bad in every single front. It's not, it's not your whole season, you know, like it's not, this is just, it is still just one game, but it's following a loss to a really bad Lakers team and it's making the Kings look like the Globetrotters. And so um, we're just in a situation now where if you're a Nets fan, you are looking at the situation and saying, yeah, it was a nice beginning of the run here with, with Jacques Vaughn after, you know, with the Kyrie suspension and Vaughn taking over for Nash and you had a nice little run and they get the defense up into like the top five in terms of defensive efficiency. I mean, that gets literally wiped off the map with this game. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was a problem in literally every single facet. Like they underperformed every single place that you can ha- <laughs> like evaluate an NBA game. Like they were, a D minus or worse. Like, <laughs> and so I said last game against the Lakers, like midway through the third quarter, right before they staged a little bit of a comeback, right? Um, like to get back in the game. I was like, this is the Nets. This is the worst the Nets have looked all year. Uh, it done, took yeah. about 48 <laughs> hours um, to ha- have that statement be wrong. This game was pathetic. It was their worst game of the season by far. It's a disaster. Does not help that this marks the 15th game of the season, and we talked about formulating our opinion of the team and where they can go somewhere between 15 and 20 games. Give me 15 to 20 games. I'll Make let you know 16. where it's at. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's go at least 16. <laughs> 16 to 21. We'll start there. Um, And it is, man. It, 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 it's, it's disappointing in that way, and I think you, you see this a lot of times I will from a high level. Teams that get that little rejuvenation around a change, right? Steve Nash yeah. being fired. Everybody, yeah, and, and all that's what all the reports are saying. Kevin Durant and the guys are walking around the Brooklyn facility, peacocking. They're puffing their chests out. They're feeling like they're they're just big enough for their britches now. And then, to your point, and not only that, like it's almost even more depressing because they come off beating the Clippers, which out of these three teams in yeah. a row, you'd say if you beat the Clippers, you feel really good about what you can accomplish over those next two games. Whoops a daisy! They're now going to lose back to back. And we're going to talk about things that I think frustrated me and you in this game. 
coaching decisions or lack of coaching decisions. We'll try to at least offer one, they only last 60 seconds or so, silver lining around what Ben Simmons showed in this game. Sure. However, it did bring to mind that the, this thought that we talked about that the Kyrie Irving uh, situation and, and what, you know, how good he is. And you ran down all the stats and we know that. But we both landed on this idea. Me on the side of, I don't think you're going to win a championship this year. And therefore, you should begin the process of, of disassembling what this roster has been. You are of the mind, justifiably, that you got to keep Kyrie because the team's better with Kyrie. And whatever you're trying to do, it's obviously better with him. I know your knee-jerk reaction is not going to change your mind off of this game. Sure. But this doesn't help the cause, like in any form or fashion, because with or without Kyrie, you weren't winning this game. And, and you know, no one need try to put that narrative out there about what you lacked without Kyrie. Yeah, I don't think you make like personnel moves. I don't think you're suggesting this either, but like, I don't no. think you make personnel moves off of one game or five games or 10 games, honestly. Like, I think that's just that there's just a, not a good process to go about doing that. You are correct that having Kyrie in this game would not probably have mattered. I, I do think there's some point where the game is just a waterfall falling over the, you know, moving over the dam. And yeah. it's like, at some point the levy breaks and you just give up trying to stop it. And so like where these games kind of get out of hand, Tuck is, your limbs inside the barrel and prepare to go over the falls. Yeah, the game was like 40 to 40, and they went on like a 30 to 10 run or something like that. And so, yeah. and you know, and having good players can help stop those runs, and then they don't, things don't necessarily spiral out of control. I, but I wouldn't, it'd be hard to make the claim had Kyrie Irving been on the court here, the Nets would have won the game. I'm, I'm watching as we record this in the background, they're down 34 or 36, right? So it's like, there's just no, there's just no chance. Uh, no, so I don't think like you make a determination off of this game or even like this plus the Lakers game. I think, uh, you know, I, I, and I honestly think in some ways, and I, we're going to obviously talk about, you know, what Sabonis did here and what Terrence Davis did here and, you know, sort of, and obviously later with Ben Simmons. I, I don't think, I do think the Nets are in this weird spot where like they're kind of optionless also. It's like it's even to decide that this wasn't the right course. It's not like they have all these great options, right? It's not like these players have any real market value at this point. So I, I don't even know, even if you thought that, even if you were of the mind, let me put it this way, even if you were of the mind that these two Lakers and, and, and Kings games were some kind of barometer for what the Nets future is, right? Even if that was the case, I don't think they have really any more moves to make, right? Like, I don't think trade Durant. I don't think there are tons of moves here. Um, these guys are all at, at, at low value right now. Everyone, most players that you would think about trading, I'm not even suggesting it, but like, yeah, we're, values, taking, we're stepping outside of their the, values uh, are the lowest it can be right now. Simmons' value is the lowest. Kyrie's value is the lowest. Harris, you can't make a shot. His value is at the lowest. Like, the only guys have like looked pretty good here you know curry's hurt kind of still he's looked okay thought the trade you damn he's their best player (laughs) (laughs) and i think you know what and it's funny too because you do bring up that idea and i think and again i wanted to have just this existential component to this game mostly because this game well i'll tell you right now when you're losing by 40 or whatever is when you have existential conversations because like this isn't a we're not going to X's and O's this game and be like, we were going a little bit because there are some things where the nets were just egregiously bad here, but on a high level, you have to actually have discussions sometimes where it is like a little bit of a bad run. And there is an epically bad loss, like yeah. forfeit in the third quarter kind of loss. Like you do start actually start thinking on a high level about what's going on with this team, because it's pretty hard for quote unquote, good teams 
even in the NBA, would run hot from threes and stuff like that to get smoked this bad. I mean, this is an epic, epic blowout. Yeah, and, and, you, have, and you have Kevin Durant. But, you know, Kevin Durant was on the court for this game, just in case right. you know you weren't aware, and that makes a big difference too. But just, I mean, your- Ke- well, no, Kevin Durant, yeah. Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. I mean, this isn't. We're not running down the Thunder end of season last year right. when right. it's like right. Aaron Wiggins and like dudes you never heard of. And they're going out and playing 48 minutes because they're trying to lose. I mean, you can ru- still run down a list of players here that are NBA players. Some are superstar guys. And so it is a problem, right? <laughs> right. It is a problem to have games like this. And, and so, and just to tie a bow on that thought here, and then we're going to get into the things, as you mentioned, what Sabonis did very well and very effectively in this game, how bad the Nets looked specifically on the defensive end, and then some real gripes that I have. Um, with decision-making coming out of the halftime break. Um, but to your point, though, it's like you, you not only we talk about the high-level superstars and where, where their value would be on the trade market, you're also seeing all the supporting cast members go down the chain of command That's in I terms mean. There's of no other teams it's, to be willing to give right. up. So it really diminished. It, it, it's a very bad spot to be in. Obviously, single game, and a lot of things can change over the next handful. We'll dive into what Sabonis and the Kings did so well and how the Nets made it so easy coming up here in a second. But first. If I could, Doug, I would love to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Turo. That's because Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., our friends to the north in Canada, and coming soon, Australia. You know Josh Lloyd's going to want some of that action. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. You can test drive new electric vehicles that you've had your eyes on and see how you feel for them everyday life, right? Get a little sense of what you got going on there before you make the big purchase and of course many turtle hosts can even deliver the car right to you right at your doorstep walk out hop in drive away every trip is backed by liability insurance terms conditions and exclusions apply forget boring rental cars and find your drive at turtle.com all right two things gonna make me feel better right now first they on sharp just hit an above the break three-pointer and we're going to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. You know, we've been talking about Built Bar for a while now. That's because Built Bar is super easy to talk about because they figured out the flavors in a protein bar. They made it taste good, and they made, they made it healthy for you. Listen to some of these new flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. They got the chocolate peppermint granola. They're just kind of like putting all the great flavors together here. Candy cane brownie. Come on now. That's in the puff form. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. This is what Built Bar has got for you. Um, they're literally the best tasting protein protein bar out there. That's pretty much a point and stop statement. Uh, they're real, And they're really good for you. The stats to back it up. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, shockingly low sugar and calories. Just 130 calories on these bad boys. You're going to get... 15% off of your order. You have to use the promo code locked on 15 at built.com. Go 15% off that order. Use the promo code locked on 15 at built.com. Okay. Your choice here, Doug, because Dayron Sharp just hitting above the break three, and it would bring me to one of my gripes with this game, but should we stay in order here and talk about how the Kings destroyed the nets? Or can I get right into my biggest problem cutting out of halftime? Uh, going to your biggest problem is probably they're going to, they're going to end up intersecting in the same probably place here, but God. Yeah. The team's a mess in the first half. They're absolutely getting destroyed. You go into the, you go into the break, you're down by 20, 20 plus. And at that point, 
it's okay. It's not always the case. And Doug would rightfully push back in a lot of games where I'd say, I want more of this young player. I want to see a little more of Yuta Watanabe. Why isn't he playing more minutes? Whatever the case may be. Well, guess what? Because game scripts matter, and your best players tend to help you give the best chance to win the game. However, you had such a sample size in the first half of this one. Joe Harris and Edmund Sumner combined one of nine from the field. You mentioned Harris not knocking down the perimeter shots. Yuta Watanabe comes in. He plays, I think, nine minutes in the first half. Gives you a little spark. Gives you more length. And then combined with Sabonis just absolutely having his lunch inside the paint and giving Nicholas Claxton both trouble and fouls, I can't figure out why if you're, if you're Jacques Vaughn and you see the way the game has gone, just go to something different. Really basic stuff. Give me Yuta to start. They brought him in after two minutes in the third quarter. Get Cam Thomas in there. Take out Sumner or take out Joe Harris. Put Seth Curry in there. Get this combination of, yes, your backcourt's going to be a bit small, but you're going to have three other big bodies out there with Simmons or Claxton, Kevin Durant, Yuta. Try something different and throw Markeith Morris or Dayron Sharp. It's a bonus for a few possessions. Like what is the, what is the risk of having some thicker bodies take some fouls for you? It just, that was almost in a cascading list of frustrations in this game that I think bothered me to no end that you came back out in the third quarter and said, you know what? Let's try it again. Well, and they had it in their mind, obviously too, because you had the quick hook or excuse me. Sumner had the quick hook and for, in terms of, for Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was just all of a problem. I'm with you. Like the Sabonis piece Roy's bad was, in this game too, uh, by the way, just yeah. who, who was bad. Royce O'Neal also bad oh, in this yeah. game as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone was bad. Yeah, so like, yeah, let's just start there. Every, every <laughs> single guy, every guy in the net here was ever, except for Durant probably was bad. Um, so that, that, that's a blanket statement. Um, the part with Sabonis where it's clear that he's just completely overmatching um, the Claxton. They don't bring any help, right? Like they just kind of shade a little help a few times for the most part. It was just absolute bully ball. At that point, you probably, you have to make something like put, you have to put sharp in there. Like you're not, Sabonis isn't going to stretch you too bad, like to the three point, you know, out beyond the arc um, in, for the most part. Like that's not really, he can do it, but that's not been a huge part of his game. They're trying to run game. Uh, the ball through the low post with him and especially they're going to run through the low post when everyone is just licking their chops coming over half court because they see that he can just basically destroy Claxton in, in, in this matchup and at that point yes like you have to get another body on him or just a bigger body like try try someone else I agree with you that the I agree with you that like the changes like that were a little too slow to come I I think too like personnel wise there aren't so many different options that they have at this point right like I, it's not like they don't have a Devon Smotis analog here it's something that Nets fans have been going nuts for for a while um, I, I understand it these are the examples of the times where it looks really bad like when they're just getting completely destroyed on the interior by an offensive big it has been a problem for them in the past it'll probably continue to be uh, a problem for them in the future I, I agree with you that there probably should have been some kind of adjustment I, I, at that point it was also almost definitely too late start Simmons even like start Simmons That's over what I mean. what, like, yeah, and, exactly. and let, whatever it is just do do something different yeah just just try something different for the sake of like to your point we're only six minutes away. Start of the second half. You're six minutes away from making decisions about getting your starters out and waving the white flag. And by the way, Kevin Durant played all the way through the entire third quarter. Malpractice. Boggled my complete, mind. Completely, like I, complete malpractice for him to play. Worst like that 31 long. minutes, right? We always talk about minutes. 31 minutes is about 15 minutes too much for Kevin Durant playing this game. And at a minimum, six, I said, first five minutes of the third quarter, you close it down to 15 or 12. Okay, you're going to keep him in there. They don't. 
the lead actually balloons for the Kings. What he's doing out there, I cannot even fathom. And I and I, I refuse to accept, as we, we often talk about, hey, Kevin Durant's going to want to play. Good for him. You're not playing. Like, sorry, it's over, right? Like, and you mentioned Ben Simmons or any of these other combinations. It's just, it's worth trying the new thing. And the one thing you mentioned there, not having an analog to Sabonis, I didn't want to say this at the top because it would feel like here's here's the laundry list of excuses for the Nets in this game or any game around this. We know Kyrie Irving is suspended. You had the eye contusion for Nicholas Claxton coming out of the last game. Uh, back issues for not not even Ben Simmons, but Yuta Watanabe after he had dealt with the ankle. Seth Curry. Joe, like there's there, This team is is healthier than it typically has been at the start of seasons, but it's not a hundred percent healthy. Right. So like there are all these little things and then they're just thin and they don't, I was not surprised, but Sabonis had 12 points in the first half. It could have been 30 and I wouldn't have been shocked. It it just, it seemed so easy. It only was less because they made every three. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Cause yeah. Cause he was setting guys up too. It was, it was only fewer points for him because they couldn't miss a single shot from beyond the arc either. So there was no more, you know, no more rebounds to get or things like things like that because (laughs) they were crushing him on the offensive rebounds too. Um, Like again, it was bad in every single facet. I, and yes, the Sabonis thing was a problem, but it was all a problem. Like that wasn't just the only thing. The, the perimeter defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. The switches were terrible. They went like a, a two minute stretch without touching the rim because they just kept turning the ball over. Right. Like there was just, yeah. it was just problem after problem after problem. It looked like the ball was greased up with some kind of oil on it at times for them <laughs> where they just couldn't handle, they couldn't handle passes. Like it just really was when it rains, it pours uh, a kind of game. But again, it does highlight there are so at the, at the one hand it's like yes like sometimes these games can just really really go bad for you but a lot of things that did go bad for this team were endemic of the things that we already know are kind of problems for them right, right. like right. the the big man on the interior that can really body certain kinds of players they just don't have that guy right and nets folks are gonna are are gonna be clamoring for this kind of dude because this is the kind of game that highlights this this problem um you know point of attack defense at times where like they need to really you know close out along the perimeter they don't have tons of guys that can do that right now like they have simmons but harris is not great at that Curry's not great at that mills is on their size like and a team like this that was shooting the lights out took advantage of that right so like these are our problems and then and then the problem is so those things are problems and what you hope for at times with this team is they're going to make it up on the offensive end by sort of overpowering you there, right? With a Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Simmons, if he's healthy, Harrison Curry, if they can hit threes kind of attack, right? Because you can make up for some of those deficiencies by overwhelming the other, the other team on the other end by just, you know, just being an, an, an a total force on offense, Yeah. except that looked terrible too. <laughs> and so, and right. so you don't, so you can't do it. So you're really, getting killed on both ends and it's just all the problems that sort of highlight what we see as problems with the nets as a team. So I think if there was a game so far this season that does bring out in all the worst ways fears, the nets fans have about this team, this really was the game. Like this is the game. It's like, we don't have enough firepower on offense. They can't really get the rotations right on defense. It's a travesty because we can't stop this one archetype of player. And when you can't stop this guy and you bring help, now there's three-point shooters wide open all over the place. And a team that guys like Kevin Herter and, I mean, Terrence Davis looked like he was the next coming of Michael Jordan tonight. But, like, <laughs> these guys will just make you pay. And they, like, Keegan Murray will make you pay, too. He just got hurt. Like, like these are 
this is a problem. So I this this game really I think does bring out what I suspect. I not even suspect what I know. Nets fans' deepest darkest fears are about the team. This had this had for that for those got for that fan. This game had all of it. Yeah, and coming up here in a second, um, I'll I'll highlight what I think this game is also symbolic of just this entire construction around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and what it has lacked. And I don't know, maybe we'll get to the silver lining on Ben Simmons. We'll see. All right, first we'll talk to you about our friends over at betonline.net. Betonline.net, your number one source for bet sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Nets were plus two going into this game. They lost by, wait for it, 32. So if you had the Kings side on this over at betonline.net, you're looking pretty good. Also, the over-under, I mean, the over-under could have been uh, 270. You would have hit the over over at betonline.net. 274 is what this game ended up totaling in at betonline.net. It's got all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball, soccer, esports. They got it all betonline.net if you love podcasts you can go to the find those at betonline as well the fastest and easiest way to get in your betting fix bet online where the game starts gosh what what would an alternate alternate line spread would have been you know kings minus 30 600 could have made could have made some (laughs) real real money tonight if you were if you were you had some conviction around your kings um the one thing before we get to Ben Simmons, because and this it's what's so unfortunate that he finally starts to show a couple of little things offensively yeah. in a game where it couldn't have mattered any less that he was doing it. Um, but from the high level again, and that's why I came back at the top. You know, even if Kyrie Irving is playing in this game, even if he's playing this whole season, you know, take away the the off court issues that started up here and the firing of Steve Nash. When you look out across this, and we talked about it in the off season. I th- you know, Ben Simmons, what does always come back to? Well, if, if Ben yeah. Simmons can just get back to the player that he once was, and if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are healthy and on the court together, and if Seth Curry and Joe Harris come back good, and if Royce O'Neal kind of fills in for that Bruce Brown role, and if Nicholas Claxton takes not just a step forward, but then an extra one that we're not even in the, all of these things, like there's always been so many caveats to it being a successful season. And I think that if you looked around the league, at give me the other next 10 teams that have real deep playoff run aspirations, you would not find the seven, eight, nine, and 10 point list of concerns that you have with the Brooklyn Nets. Every team has flaws, no team is perfect, but all these teams either have one or two things going for them far less issues, far less concerns, better continuity, better coaching. And then also the track record of having had success that they can always think we can figure stuff out. The Nets yeah. don't have that kind of latitude. When you lose a game like this, the fan base, I tapped into a couple of, a couple of co- conversations. It is not going well out there Walking in Brooklyn. That's, yeah, yeah, it is yeah. not good out there right now. Yeah, no, like this again, I like just to reiterate what we said before, this this game is is problematic in a lot of different ways. And, and I, I, really, we really don't venture into one game making a determination about like what the entire season, just to kind of go back to what we said at the beginning. And I I really don't think that we're doing that here. I, I can handle a 30 point loss. I'd appreciate it if it like happened on the East coast, right? Like where it's just uh, (laughs) where if I'm just going to, you know, put my, put my vote in about where I'd rather have these games happen. I would much rather have, uh, the seven you o'clock start submit that because I sent it to Adam Silver. I but he, he doesn't get always, then the, the 10 p.m. start. I mean, that'd be my one major complaint. But like I again, though, this isn't just one thing. There are there are bigger problems. You highlight 
what has been a major problem for the Nets going back years now, which is the we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. And you get little glimpses of it. You know, the five-game run that they had here with Vaughn at the start was a nice beginning to this. Other teams are kind of in some ways starting to figure this out. Like, you know, we're going to run things through the Durant and, you know, we're going to live with some Edmonds and then some are, you know, three pointers. And I, you know, we don't need to close those out. And, you know, if we just kind of drop back on Claxton on the short roll, he's going to kind of not have a ton to do. Right. Like there are ways that you've seen teams sort of solve this a little bit uh, over the last couple of games, because it's not like the Nets have a million things in their offensive bag. It was nice. It was a nice little run while it lasted. I believe that it's somewhat repeatable, mm. but there are ways to combat it. And we're seeing how teams are doing this. Flash the double. Make sure you stop claxing on the short roll. Don't guard Sumner. And if Joe Harris and these guys aren't going to hit threes, it's over. Like there's yeah. no, there's, there's, there's nothing else to be done. And it's the irony about, you know, Jock Vaughn takes over and they say, he's just simplifying things, getting back to basics. And By the goes, way, I think the strategy is correct. I'm just yes. saying that, I'm just saying that it is not, a high level game of chess here. There's ways that you can, there's ways that you can combat what the nets are trying to do. No. And, and that, and that's the, the, the potential problem, right? Hey, simplifying things makes a lot of sense. The problem is yeah. in theory, it's easy to adjust to it as well. And if you go back to the first seven games, Steve Nash or not, you say, okay, what, then what's your counter move, right? Blow for blow. How are you adjusting back to what teams are doing? And there seems to be a lack of ability to do that, at least over these first handful of games for Jacques Vaughn. And again, full personnel, all those other things that go into it. One of the things, just to go into the game for a, a second, one of the areas that I, I was finding myself being frustrated on the offensive end, I specifically thought about it with Seth Curry, that he has the ability on ball to take a guy off the dribble a little bit, likes to go baseline. We've seen Joe Harris do a bit of this too. But I think some of the things that I prefer to see, and I'm, I'm talking about in this game, but I just mean overall as well, is – Trying to, even for the non-Kevin Durant's or non-Kyrie Irvings of the team, finding ways to create the offense that works for them. Like, Curry wants to go, wants to set up that, that three-point shot, wants to be in the corner, but he's quick enough to get baseline off the dribble. And I'm trying to think back about the number of times that I've seen a screen down towards the baseline that actually creates the ability for Seth Curry to stay baseline, cut inside towards the paint and either go for a layup or kick it out somewhere else. And you could plug in Edmund Sumner into this equation. You could plug in Cam Thomas potentially in this if you want to. Specific specific sets that afford you the ability to maybe suck the defense down and let Kevin Durant find himself in one-on-one -on -one matchups with space to operate. So like, I know this game is not the one to start dissecting the play-by-play. -play, and also, it's something I want to watch going forward because the idea that if they're, they're shooting 35, I think 36% from beyond the arc, they're middle of the league right now. If that's not going to fall for you, you need to have the secondary option. Something we talked about with Joe Harris to start this season, he was a mess tonight in every single phase oh, of yeah. his game. But you, you can see, I think, that some of the players, the supporting players are saying, what do I go to next if my shot isn't falling right now? You need to have a system that helps kind of work through that, not what looked like tonight – a lot of clunky plays, a lot of congestion, and then, as we've seen repeatedly, a lot of stagnation when things start to break down. They just, they just need, they just need Kyrie Irving. They just need another guy that, because specifically, other players can take the the pressure off this situation, right? The whole thesis behind the team is 
these other guys are supposed to take the pressure off. So you're not actually asking. I get what you're saying. What you're saying makes sense in this current construction, in this current construction of this team, you actually need these guys to do that stuff because they're, they're they're sort of out of options, but they're here to be constructed around superstars. (laughs) What what should be happening is the opposite. The opposite should be like, those guys should just be doing this thing, which is shooting three pointers because Kevin Durant, and it's not Durant's fault. He's been fine. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons are supposed to lighten the load so that these guys can just operate. So I get what you're saying. You are correct in this iteration of the team, except that this is not what the iteration is supposed to be. What it should be is you have a guy like Kyrie who a defense cannot let off at all, right? Mm -hmm. They have to be up on all the time on ball and off ball. And like they have to probably, they have to bring help going to the rim because he finishes so well at the rim. And now all of a sudden space is just open so that you don't have to, think about running pin downs for Seth Curry to like get to the baseline and stuff like that, because you really just don't want, you really don't want that to be the way your offense is constructed. They just, they can't do it. And then it's funny too. And maybe this least leads before we get out of here, by the way, really appreciate everyone that's jumped in tons more people showing up here on YouTube as we go. Um, but for this positive <laughs> broadcast, well, let's talk about Simmons here because here, the thing is Simmons is supposed to be part of this, this situation, right? Yeah. And the hope is that if Simmons in the best version of, we'll just speak offensively about him. The best version yeah. of Simmons on the, on the offensive end is a guy who is attacking, attacking the rim and has the size and strength that if he's not going to be able to finish at the rim to be able to find open shooters, basically everywhere on the court. Cause he's mm-hmm. so tall and his vision is elite and he can really read and react very quickly. It's funny tonight. We actually, saw it for the first time kind of right like where he was he kind of looked well he looked fully healthy and he looked very aggressive at least in the first like three minutes that he was in the game probably a little longer to first basically the first time he touched the ball was took it right at Sabonis like and I mean in space in sort of like a mini transition took it right at mm-hmm. him next possession demanded the ball on the high post read read on on a Durant uh cut right away and it was like, okay, here we go. Took the ball to the rim multiple times. They're like, okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Elevated on compared to the last time where it didn't look like actually got that high. Elevated on an, on an alley oop. Off Curry's alley oop. He was yep. up above that rim and threw it down. Uh, no, 100%. And it wasn't, you said aggress- aggressive. And, and I think that, that it's the right word, but also I think comfortable. He just yeah. looked comfortable offensively. And we haven't seen that yet. And there's a little, there's a little more quickness. When you say he took it at Sabonis, I don't think he could get around anybody when we first were seeing him this season this was where he went at Sabonis and was just able to hey I'm gonna get around you keep your body in front of me if you want but I'm gonna finish at the cup yeah and this is what you have to see like if the defenses believe at all that he that he's going to be doing that and it's gonna have like have positive well for Ben Simmons have positive uh effects that will be a thing that you have to sort of start to defend because he can if he can start finishing at the rim or like drawing fouls, I know he doesn't really want to do that, but like, you know, getting other guys in foul trouble or just opening up lanes like that. I mean, look, this is easy. They don't just need him to do that. It's not if he can do it. It's just at this point, they need him to do it. He has to be able to do it. And I was really so encouraged with that first kind of like three to four minute stretch where it looked like he either set himself to do it or just felt healthy enough to do it or whatever it was, was put his head down, get, Put, kind of like cross the cross the bonus over yep. uh, on like that sag defense on that drop defense that we've seen teams run over and over against him. And like, if he's going to be able to try to do that, like that is a, a path for these other guys to get good looks. 
And so, I don't know. I just, I hope to see, I, we have to look out for that next game because this is something that we really need to see on repeat for him. It has to, he, he just can't be, if, if he's not doing that, it's just not, there's, there's no point in doing it at all. And, and that's the, um, the, the hope here is that that's, we're talking about the, the chess game, right? That forces the other team to make an adjustment. If you can have Ben Simmons doing that, then things have to look different defensively and it opens up some other opportunities. He did say before we go, uh, saw the pregame interview with him where he said, and this is where I think the Brooklyn Nets, wouldn't you know it, are never straightforward with their injury conversations at media day. Everyone said healthy, feeling great. Get out of my way. But then in the pregame of this one, he said he went back. He's watching tape of himself, seeing where he can improve, seeing where he can get better. And he, and he's, in his words, seen a couple of glimpses of, oh, there's Ben, like seeing his own game on film. But but very much acknowledging that he wasn't there when the season started. So and that's okay. But I think we all came into the year going, he's healthy, ready to go. And then we've all had to slowly walk that back and try to make a determination. Where is he from a health standpoint? Where is he from a conditioning standpoint? And if this is like the first little baby step going forward, great. But guess what? The three or four minute first initial burst that we saw from him, not going to be enough. Going to need to see this a couple more times. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's a shame that we have to like still kind of find all these little positives because it's been it just really, really hasn't been very good from him. But this, I this is the beginning glimpse, uh, hopefully, of of what he can do. He also, you know, he had a couple very close uh, plays where he was looked like he was going to get out in transition on steals. Like it mm-hmm. was, it's starting to happen. But what? The, we'll get out of here on this. The, the problem. <laughs> the problem is. Among many problems is that for as much as we're, you know, trying to find some positives with Simmons game here. And I think there were some to grab onto. What's the salary here? Like, uh, oh shoot. I just forgot what it was. He's like 37 million, uh, 30, 35. He makes 35 million. He's the backup center. Like this is the situation that the nets are running right now. Right. (laughs) Like he's a 35. He's a good price point. He's a $35 million backup center for them as as they're currently playing him right like and he's doing some things you know it's a disaster it's yeah. a disaster like and not to say it can't get better and not to say health can come and not to say it can't ramp up to 33 34 minutes and all this other stuff but this is where the nets are right now like they just are in a situation where they are they're reeling for a bunch of different reasons and one is because just the amount of salary they've allocated to guys who either aren't playing or barely playing is just not tenable in the NBA. You simply can't make up it for it along the edges. If you, if you siphon off 80, almost $80 million worth of salary into guys who aren't playing or who are playing at like replacement or sub replacement levels, no team can be good. Like there's just, it's not, that's not a Nets problem. That's an, any team problem at that point. And, And it's the Nets problem now, but this is like kind of where we are. And I, and I will be interested to see We'll have an off-day conversation here uh, on the podcast around maybe adjustments you theoretically could try to make to this roster to better benefit the new version of the superstar-driven team that you maybe or maybe don't have. Gosh, I'm exhausted. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Ended on, <laughs> on a low note. Uh, okay, we're going to get out of oh, here. Cool. Usually on uh, post-games, we jump into YouTube and do some of these and we will do that. It's just that it's with some of the, uh, the, the West coast swing here, it's a little harder. To, it's a little harder to swing uh, going crazy into the, into the YouTube live. So I see all the people out there are really, really appreciative of everyone that's jumped into YouTube that jumped in after this game. You know, this is the fun. These are the games you wonder sometimes like, Hey, where people are going to be coming around now. People want to talk nets, man. Like sometimes the low points are the things that bring the people out. So really, really appreciative of everyone that jumped into YouTube. Like I said, when they get back onto the homestead or just on the East coast, 
we'll do a little more uh, extended YouTube lives because we want to answer a lot of the questions that are in there. It's just not going to happen tonight. Make sure if you're just listening onto the podcast, we had our best ever podcast download uh, day the, two days ago. So uh, we're really appreciative of everyone that's jumping on there, everyone that's in YouTube. We looked at the numbers the other day on the podcast. Best ever, best ever download day. We've been doing this for, we had our 500th episode uh, last week and we're about to hit a million uh, listens uh, probably early next week. So this has been a really, really, you know, where the nets are going. Hey, this, the podcast graph is pointing <laughs> up. Really appreciate everyone that's jumped in uh, and continues to do it. We will be back. Oh, you got to do the quote. Give us a quote on the way out of here. I'm getting so excited about the numbers. I'm, I put myself in a better mood. It, that's good. That. No, I feel better. Yeah, I, I feel I feel so much better after just going through the podcast stuff. Yeah. In some ways, you may be saying about this game and about where this podcast is going. Inconceivable. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. One of the all-time great poets. We will be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.